Get back in control with Off the Wagon, adventures in emotional eating, health, and weight loss. Each episode containing fork-sized mindset tweaks, perspective shifts, and lifestyle hacks to get you back on the wagon. Whether it's habit change, emotional eating, addictions, weight loss, willpower, or relationships, there's something here for you. So let's get on the wagon and get down the road to your goals with me, Christy R. Hall. Welcome to a very special Valentine's Day episode. You know, Valentine's Day is probably the fourth highest ranking eating-related holiday after Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's Eve. But Valentine's Day is a holiday built for and around emotional eaters. And when you think about Valentine's Day, right, you can't help but think about chocolate and wine and going out to eat and fruit and other indulgences. And what's more, so many of the foods and food items that are created specifically for this holiday are very clearly designed and created to create illicit chemical emotions. Chocolate will in Certain people mimic love. Strawberries are considered an aphrodisiac. Wine is used to loosen inhibitions and make things lots more fun. But if you thought that Valentine's Day was just for lovers or people who are in relationships, you might be a little bit mistaken because so many of these same foods that are marketed towards lovers are really great for making people who don't have relationships, who are don't have lovers, who may be alone on Valentine's Day, these foods can make them feel lots better too. So even if you're alone and feeling badly about it, these foods are still for you and will still make you feel better. Now that makes it sound like I'm trying to suggest go out and get some chocolate and wine and you'll feel better. <laughs> But I'm not doing that. Um, really, the point of this episode today is I wanted to cover some tips and tricks and some ideas that will help you thrive through Valentine's Day without ending up in an emotional eating episode or binge that may last for days and days. So first things first. You have to decide whether or not you're going to indulge. Now, the key to making this decision is not necessarily whether or not you want to or not. It's about knowing yourself. I don't suggest that you use, and a lot of people do this, use Valentine's Day or any holiday really as an excuse to go off the wagon, to let yourself go, to you know, give yourself a little bit of breathing room. Because if you are an emotional eater and you are triggered by certain foods and tastes and, you know, if your chemistry in your body is such that you suffer from, you know, slightly addictive symptoms, if you eat certain kinds of foods, then, you know, eating something that's not according to your typical lifestyle or plan or way of eating may set you up for hours, days, weeks, even months 
of not being able to get back on your plan. So when I say know yourself, think about how you've done in the past. Is it easy for you to just make a choice and do something for a little while and then go right back to doing what you were doing? You know, can you get back on the wagon easily and effortlessly? When you're trying to make a choice of whether or not you should indulge on Valentine's Day, you must consider what's biologically best for you. And what I mean is, is if you are sugar sensitive, then it really doesn't help you even for one day to eat tons and tons of sugar. If you struggle with, say, alcohol, then it may not really be to your benefit to have just that one glass of wine because you may set up your craving pumps to continually give you that feedback. You need more chocolate, you need more sugar, you need more wine. And you need to know whether or not that's something that you want to struggle with. For some people, they think that they don't have a problem and you know, they eliminate you know, sugar or fruit or cheese or um, wine. And then when they indulge in it for a, an event like Valentine's Day, then they find themselves craving it for days. And that one drink, that one bite, that one piece of chocolate, they end up determining is not worth the hours and days of cravings that may, they may have to go back through for having chosen to indulge in it. So always be aware of how you work, what works for you, and then do yourself the favor and honor yourself. Know and accept how you are. Use it and work with it. So if you do decide to indulge in any shape, form, or fashion, my suggestion here, number two, is to pick your favorite. Pick your favorite thing and then do it moderately. Now this is, right, sometimes hard and where you need to see tip one again. If you can't do something moderately, then it may not be the best choice to Im indulge in it at all. I know a lot of people have rituals around holidays and you know traditions around Valentine's Day and Thanksgiving and all of those holidays that make it a little bit difficult because chances are those traditions and rituals aren't in line with your current lifestyle or eating plan or habit of you know way of living so here are a couple of ideas for dealing with a ritual or tradition that's no longer in alignment with your current lifestyle choices one is to modify that that ritual or tradition right you can see if you can make modifications to a foodstuff so that it is in line with your lifestyle for example if chocolate is something that you've been eating at Valentine's Day, you might consider getting a stevia sweetened chocolate or a very dark chocolate with less sugar in it. That may be something that doesn't trigger you quite as much as a cheap brand of low quality, high sugar chocolate. 
if you have been drinking at every Valentine's Day, you, you have a glass of white wine with your strawberries that are covered in chocolate. You could see about replacing out that alcoholic beverage with a non-alcoholic variety. They do make non-alcoholic beers, and I believe I've even seen some non-alcoholic wines. You do have to be careful there because a lot of times those are very heavily sugared. But again, you could you know, try replacing your sparkling white wine with a ginger ale um, that's sweetened with stevia or erythritol or something like that if you're trying to eliminate sugar or stay away from sugar or even stay away from alcohol. You might also consider not making these small modifications to an already established tradition or ritual and instead choosing to go way outside the box. Pick a a ritual or a you know go out to eat to a place that's so far outside your norm that it would be like establishing a new tradition. This works really, really well if your old tradition or ritual is so far outside your, your norm that it can't be worked with. Um, you know, for example, if you used to eat, uh, you used to go out to eat to an Italian restaurant and you have determined that you're gluten-free and that's how you work best, then, you know, going to an Italian restaurant where you're going to be surrounded by pastas and breads and all of those, you know, gluten-laden foods, that's not really going to work for you unless you're going to eat a salad there. So it might make more sense to choose something else altogether different and then get excited about it, whatever it is that you do choose to do. The third tip I have, and this is probably going to be the biggest one for the most of us, is let's say that you have determined that your ritual or tradition is outside of what you really want to do for yourself. You're used to having sugar or you know, chocolate-covered strawberries or cake or brownies or wine, and that really just doesn't fit with what you think is best for yourself and what you want to do. But thinking about not doing it creates these thoughts and feelings of restriction and deprivation. I want to address what to do about those. First and foremost is to think about this in a rational way. Is the Are these feelings of deprivation and restriction and neglect, are they justified? Does everyone else really get to do whatever it is that you're choosing not to do? Um, a lot of times we, especially as emotional eaters, we're really used to um, going on diets and making ourselves toe the line even when we don't really want to. And that means that, you know, come Valentine's Day, you really want to have that piece of chocolate, but you shouldn't because it's not a part of your plan or not a part of your diet. Um, and then you start feeling bad because why can't I have chocolate. Everybody else gets to have chocolate today. It's not fair. And and the truth is, is not everybody gets to have chocolate. 
Um, a lot of there are people who are allergic to chocolate. There are areas of the world where chocolate is not available. There are people who can't afford chocolate. So does everyone get to do this? Eat chocolate? No. Does everyone get to drink wine? No. Does everyone get to eat strawberries? No. A lot of people are allergic to strawberries. Does everyone get to go out to eat? No. A lot of people are working today. A lot of people don't have money to go out today. So that kind of helps you put it into perspective. You're feeling neglected, but it's not really you. It's not personal. You're not the only person being singled out. And the second question you have to ask yourself is, do you have to? Do you have to go without? Do you have to have this restriction? Has anyone made this restriction a requirement? And again, this normally applies to people who've been dieting for any length of time. They have a tendency to apply the restrictions to themselves. So there's no one who's telling you that you must not eat chocolate, must not drink wine. You're doing it to yourself. But that still can create feelings of restriction and deprivation. So if it's not something that's being applied to you from outside of you, then consider whether or not it's something you really want to do. And again, go back to tip number one and know yourself. So then if you are choosing to restrict yourself and keep, you know, keep this food item, food stuff, alcoholic beverage, whatever it is, outside of you, right? You're not going to indulge. You're not going to imbibe. Then realize that this is a choice. You're making this choice. It's your choice. And in my opinion, this is one of the best ways to flip a feeling around. When you realize that you have a choice and you are making this choice, then why are you feeling bad about it? If it's your choice and you are making it, don't be upset about it. Don't get bent out of shape about it. Don't feel deprived about it. You are making the choice. You're making the choice on behalf of your health, on behalf of your loved ones, on behalf of your wellness. You may be honoring your body by not putting alcohol or sugar, you know, all of those chemicals into your body that will, you know, then turn around and create blood sugar problems or, um, you know, create episodes of depression when you come off of the alcohol or the sugar. And that's something that you should be proud about. You're putting yourself first. You're putting your body's needs first. And that's not something that you should feel depressed or deprived or restricted about. This is an act of self-love. If you're making this choice for yourself, this is an act of self-love. And so I don't want you to be upset about it. Choose it and then be happy about it. If you need to, revisit your why. Why are you doing this? Why are you on this path trying to master your emotional eating? Why are you eating this way to control your inflammation or your irritable bowel or you know, to clear up your brain fog or to eliminate your depression and to get off your antidepressant meds? 
touch in with why you're doing it and see if you can't find that place where you know in your heart of hearts that this is the right decision for you. And then you don't have to feel bad about it. You don't have to feel like you're neglecting yourself. You don't have to, you know, feel like you're restricting or depriving yourself because you're making this choice out of love for yourself, out of honor for your body, out of respect for your loved ones who are, you know, hoping that you will continue on your path towards wellness and wholeness and self-love and self-compassion. All right, so those are the three tips that I have for navigating through Valentine's Day. I hope they have been helpful for you. If you are alone on Valentine's Day, I want you to do the very best that you can to love yourself up just like you would want someone else to love you up. Buy yourself some flowers. Spend some time in a relaxing bath with, you know, good smelling bath salts. Treat yourself. And it doesn't have to be food. You can buy yourself a Valentine's Day card. There's no reason why you can't. And if you are with someone else on Valentine's Day, take one moment and sit in gratitude of that person your family, that friend, whoever you're with, and then share that gratitude with them. It will make them feel so appreciated and so loved, and that in turn will make you feel wonderful and blessed. Thanks so much for tuning in to this special episode for Valentine's Day. I hope it's been helpful for you. If you have any questions or concerns, reach out to me on Facebook or you can also find me at my website www.christyrhall.com Thanks and I'll talk to you guys soon. Happy Valentine's Day!